On today's episode, I got to sit down with the two brothers who are the goal guys. Brothers Brendan and Cam do these incredible 30-day challenges on YouTube with numerous viral videos racking up millions of views. And we really got to talk about how they got into YouTube, their decision to quit their jobs, to go full-time into putting out content, where they get their inspirations from, and what goes into making one of their incredible, awesome videos. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast. So first of all, I want to say thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. It's brand new. We're super happy um, to have you guys. On a personal note, I'm a big fan. Um, that's why actually we had initially reached out to Derek. Um, I guess I found you guys way back with the Wolverine video, which we'll get to. Obviously, I'm sure you guys get that a lot. But um, so really, I just wanted to just get right into it and see like what like, how'd you guys get your start and kind of take me along that journey? Well, you were, Cam, you were making YouTube videos long before I was. So why don't you yeah. start with <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I started, I started making videos back in 2015. I had just graduated university uh, with an acting degree. And so I graduated university, was working in a city where I didn't know very many people. So I had always been a big fan of YouTube, watched a ton of it, and I had always had this idea that I would start a channel one day. Um, and so having no friends in the new city that I lived in, I was like, oh, I guess I got time to do this. So I might as well do it. So I started learning how to use my camera, learning how to edit, started making some videos that were just kind of like funny little videos that I would send to my buddies. And then I think I was doing that for probably a year and a half, just casually. Um, and then that was when you hopped in and we made like the Wolverine video. And yeah really turned it into to actual goal guys. So that was okay. that. really cool. So that, um, that first video, the Wolverine video, that was the one that kind of got you guys viral, right? That one was the first one that I think like cleared like a hundred thousand views for us. And now it's up to like, it's, it's in the millions, but yeah, it's at, I just checked before it's at 5.3 million, which is insane. Yeah. So I was kind of wondering um, if you guys can kind of walk me through, so what you guys were doing before and then had that transition into you guys being, you know, the goal guys, essentially. Uh, so I was doing, I was in the time we started this, I was a permittee in the, uh, in the film union IATSE for, for Toronto, which mm -hmm. basically every night I was calling in to the hotline and making myself available for work. And if they had spots open on TV shows to do camera, to do painting, to do, whatever kind of odd jobs, uh, I would get the call and the next morning I would be on set. And so any days when I wasn't on set, I just had, if I didn't get the call, I had time. So that was usually when I started trying to work on uh, challenges. The problem was when we do challenge videos, you wanna be doing stuff daily and set calls can be anywhere from 10 hours to 16. So for the longest time, it was just trying to balance, trying to say like, oh, I got this call, great, I'm gonna make like some good cash. I also gotta get up and do this other thing uh, really, really early now to make sure I get my hours in. And then you do set calls for however many days that week, and then you get some actual time to rest and then really invest in filming and editing and stuff like that. That was that was where I was when I was starting. Cam was 
Cam, you had something a little more consistent. Yeah, yeah. I was working acting contracts and working at a coffee shop um, and then filming YouTubes in my spare time. And I think at the time I was really into reading a lot of uh, self-help books, a lot of like Tim Ferriss books, things like that, that were, I, that I was finding really inspiring at the time. And so I think that naturally started to merge into the content that I was making. Um, Casey Neistat was really big at the time. So I was like, copying him a bunch and like okay. his work ethic and all those things and so i naturally started making more videos and they were centered around self-improvement and trying to better myself and that was kind of what what merged goal guys and then you came on with like a fitness challenge and things like mm -hmm. that yeah. so yeah that was kind of how we both segued into what we do and you guys are doing this full-time now that's yeah, right. yeah, thankfully. It's it's very nice having to balance other work. <laughs> so how I would love to hear, because I've spoken to a lot of people, like, what is that decision? Just like, I'm going to quit my conventional job and be a YouTuber, like, which is a career that in 2005 didn't exist. Today, it does. Like, I would love to hear how that went. Uh, well, for me, I guess you you kept doing, you held on to a videography job for a little longer. Yeah. Uh, I basically worked on, I had, at the same time I was doing the YouTube, like kind of just on and off with goal guys. Uh, I had finally gotten membership with the union and I got my first like big time show where I was on the crew for season one of Umbrella Academy, which was this Netflix show. With a lot, a lot of money thrown into it. I've seen it. It's good. <laughs> so I worked on that for the better. Well, for 10 months and change, I guess it was supposed to be a nine month show. It turned into like 10, 10 months and change. And by the end, it was like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> or at least I don't want this to be my full-time job because I think, I think at one point I had done 31 days straight on that show. And I was like, I, I'm done. Like, this is not, this is not sustainable anymore uh, just for my own mindset. So by then I had saved up a bit of money. I had just gotten married and I was like, okay, I can, even if I'm making significantly less money, I, which I was, I was like, maybe we can start growing the channel at a much faster rate and I'll make videos faster and hopefully that can turn into uh that can turn into a full-time job for both of us and that took time that did it was not it was not a good financial decision it didn't look <laughs> like a decision for a few months uh and now we're finally catching up to where we'd hoped to be probably six months ago yeah okay. it it was definitely a scary transition for sure. Um, I was doing work that was very similar to making YouTube videos. I was just basically doing social media video content, but for brands. And so I was trying to balance just make, making videos basically 60 to 80 hours a week between my contract work and then the YouTube channel. And yeah, it's, it's scary when it gets to the point where you want to be making YouTube videos, but giving up a very consistent, well-paying job is, it's a tricky balance and definitely a, a leap of faith, but it's, it's been all right. It's had its ups and downs, had some challenges, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a good risk so far at least. Okay. That's really cool to hear. And, um, I guess, so I've been, I think you guys are super unique, right? Like with all the challenges, where did that come? Was that something you guys were doing as kids, like always challenging each other or like, how did that idea of the format of the channel come come about? Uh, I think, I, well, for Cam, when Cam was doing this for a while, he was trans, he was trying to do like 10 yearly goals and doing like weekly update videos on where he was with each of those challenges. And 
just the workload was getting a little overwhelming, I think, to try and hit those weekly targets. So I came in and was like, well, what if I just did these challenges that only lasted X amount of time and then I'll have a video a month, basically. So I'll do a challenge on like trying to learn, uh, see if I can become like a really good free throw shooter without by doing something different and just shooting the ball underhand. Mm -hmm. uh, and that seemed like it was going to be sustainable for me to do. And then what we realized after Wolverine and a couple of those started to do pretty well was taking on those challenges within a set window of time, people were really connecting with that and the YouTube format lent itself to that medium because you're just, you can kind of tell a full story in 10 minutes of like, yep, yeah, I tried this thing. It was this. And then this is how far it got me. This is what happened. Uh, and we kind of just realized that do, trying to do long-term video vlogs just wasn't connecting the same way those challenges were. And I was like, well, we should just do more of those challenges. Okay. I'm really happy that you brought up like 10 minutes. So when I watch a goal guys video, right? Like let's say a 30 day challenge of something or even a seven day challenge. So I see it in 10 minutes, but you guys are doing this for a long time. Right? So I just would love to know what goes into it. Like, does it affect, I mean, I'm assuming it affects like your everyday life. Just kind of walk me through what it is to put through a challenge, like to put together a challenge. Uh, yeah, it's it's actually a terrible way to uh, <laughs> because every 30 days your life is getting semi or completely interrupted depending on how involved the challenge becomes. Uh, when I was trying to like learn chess in 30 days, that just was just a time commitment that I, that was really draining. Uh, and doing that simultaneously with a fitness challenge, it was like, oh, I haven't done a good job with anything else for this business uh, <laughs> while I've been working on these two things. So they can can easily overwhelm you and you have to make sure you're staying on top of it because if you're not, then you don't have a video to, to, to release and that, that becomes another problem. Yes, yeah. it is really, it's really tough because it's also, you're, you're doing something for 30 days, but also if you wanna post more than two videos a month for our channel which we would love to be doing it's like you have to be doing multiple things at a time and so it's always juggling editing our videos together and then balancing usually one or two challenges at the same time so it's just a lot of stuff going on at once and then a lot of the stuff we do like we're both in like serious relationships and so it's like going without a cell phone for a month it's like okay now this is balancing a new element of my life like with my partner and with my friends and so it's just like a big time commitment and a lot of juggling that happens yeah i think the biggest thing that i've tried to do anyway is to is to try and keep a routine in spite of like how disruptive the challenge feels like it is so trying to dedicate a certain chunk of the day to say this is if it's an exercise video if it's a learning video I'm going to try and do the work that I need to do for it in this period of time of the day and then continue with business as usual for the rest of it. It is not, it is not always easy to do because certain challenges make you want to procrastinate. Uh, when I was doing the <laughs> challenge, that was really disruptive because I didn't like Which Which challenge did you say? What's that? Which challenge you cut out for a second? Oh, sorry. I was doing, I did a running challenge where I tried to run mm. a five minute mile in 60 days. Okay. And I just did not really enjoy doing circuit training for that and saying, I'm going to get to this at 10 a.m. That very quickly turned to 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. And it could really throw off the rest of the day because I was like, I don't want to do this. But mm -hmm. this is something on my to-do list. I need to get it done. And then I just wind up messing with my day. But it, on, uh, when you're doing a, doing a good job, yes, you get the stuff done and then you 
you designate the time for the other things that you need to be, you need mm. to be on top. And so I guess your channel is kind of, in my opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys are kind of um, split into like the fitness stuff and then the more mindfulness. Like how do you guys come up with those, like who does what challenge the split between you guys? I think a lot of it stems from general interest. Like a lot of it is we'll sit down in a room and brainstorm ideas for an hour and we find it interesting. Because if you're going to spend 30, 60 days at something, you want to have it be something that you actually are genuinely curious about and genuinely interested in. And so a lot of it's just something we want to try or something that's piqued our interest and we want to delve into a bit more. Um, but yeah, I think, I think generally it's taken us a while to figure out what, what our subject matter is, whether it's something more like one of the content creators we follow, Mike Boyd, who does a lot of, uh, like skill learning things, um, because there are a lot of things that interest us. I think there's just times where, um, it's, it's figuring out what we do and in what sort of lane we are on YouTube, because there's so much that, that we are interested in want to take on. Yeah. So you guys are doing more than one challenge at once, right? Like what well, on average, how many, cause that already seems like crazy doing three or four or however many you guys are doing. Uh, usually you're trying to do, you're trying to do two things at once uh, and trying to split them up. So you're wrapping one challenge and starting the next one in roughly the same period of time. It doesn't always happen like that because sometimes the, uh, Sometimes the, the end of a challenge, you're really trying to like, you're like, oh, I got to get do a lot more filming of this and do a lot more post-production work than you anticipate, which then can push the start point on for the next one. Because usually the, the day one is a lot of work. It's a lot of filming. It's a lot of making sure you document what, you, what it was like at the very first step. And mm -hmm. then you pick it up piecemeal throughout, throughout the month, throughout the next two months. Uh, so you don't want to have to compromise on your day one effort. You don't want to have to fake that because that would be, that's, that becomes a problem. Uh, but ideally you're doing, you're doing two things at once. Yeah, wow. it's, it's definitely tough to be filming everything as you go. Um, there's so many things that happen when you're not necessarily expecting them to happen. And so there is a lot of filming that doesn't, that does get left in the cutting room floor, but it's also stuff that you'll, you'll go through the first couple of weeks and you'll be like, okay this bit, this bit, this bit is what stands out. How do I show this in a video that I may have missed because I was on transit and I don't have my camera on me or something like that. So it's, it's just being conscious of trying to capture as much in the moment and then being able to truthfully tell what happened in your experience and give an honest portrayal of the experience with the challenge. Mm. So are you guys kind of almost all day with the camera or not? Or it's just like certain segments of your day where you're, filming yourselves it it really depends like we're like when i when i do the day one for a challenge that you feel that i try and film everything i try mm -hmm. and like i have the uh, all the stuff and i usually if i can have two cameras going if you're working with a trainer for the first time you're you're making sure you've booked a camera assistant to come and film that process after that it's like okay i probably don't need to shoot every practice session until i get to maybe day 10 and then day 10 i'm gonna see where i'm at and then yeah you try and so in when you're staying on top of things you're usually shooting twice a week i would say and the rest of it is just you doing the practice mm -hmm. okay and 
So do you guys have any challenges that really stand out for you guys? Like what was, I guess, your hardest one um, to do? Uh, running for me was probably the hardest one uh, just because I completely overestimated how easily it would be to build cardiovascular strength for sprinting. Uh, I figured that would be much closer to the process that would go with like building muscle. It is not. It takes a lot more work and a lot more time to, to really uh, increase your speed and endurance training. Uh, the most rewarding one for me was probably spending two hours a day in silence. I really liked how that video turned out. It was an idea I hadn't seen anyone else do. So that one, that one I really enjoyed and I'm proud of. Yeah, I think the hardest one for me is actually, it's like an overlap of two. Um, it's when I was training for my marathon and right in the time when I had gotten injured and strained my calf and I was off running for six weeks was when I was doing my scheduling video and scheduling every hour of my day for 30 days, um, which is asking in and of itself, let alone when you can go outside and run and kind of like blow off some steam through exercise so i think the combo of those two was was a lot i think the most rewarding one that i've done um i think not necessarily most rewarding but i think the thing i learned the most from is the cell phone video and the fact that it was probably the biggest change that i've made that's led me to be the most productive um cutting out that distraction was a huge benefit for me and it's something that i have really taken taken some some long-term effects from mm. oh okay that's really cool because i wanted to ask like are there challenges that you've had you have adopted into your lifestyles because they were just so successful and you enjoyed them so much uh for me it's probably two of the two hours of silence a day which i don't and not always doing like uh it doesn't always wind up being two hours that was kind of a stretch goal but the idea of taking time uh, where you're removed from the distraction, removed from as many like audio stimulus as possible. I found in the process to be really valuable. It really, I felt like it was kind of like a mentally freeing experience uh, where you're just, when you just stop absorbing information, taking stuff in, it's almost like your mind starts doing all this work to repair and like come up with new ideas and daydream. So that I try to prioritize fitting into my life. Uh, even if I'm not doing exactly what I did during that challenge. Mm -hmm. I think there's a ton of stuff for me, actually. Um, I think a while back I did a 30-day uh, vegan challenge where I went vegan for 30 days, and that's something that I've, I've been sticking with since. Uh, I did a video on zero waste, which uh, changed a lot of the ways I think about buying and using and producing waste and things like that. Um, but I think there's stuff that I pull from every video that I find beneficial, whether it's just simply time mapping my work days or being conscious when I use my cell phone and how I'm using it and setting timers of how long I can use an app for and things like that. So there's always little things I find that I'm taking away. Um, but yeah, I think oftentimes I'm not taking the full extreme uh, measures that I take in the challenge, but just grabbing little bits and pieces, which I think mm -hmm. is what, what, what the hope for the challenge is for myself and hopefully the audience can do the same. Yeah, that's really cool. Um... So like prep wise, when you guys, you know, let's say you choose uh, whatever challenge it is, are you guys just going in blind or you're really sitting down and like planning out when I'm going to do it, things like that, or it's just like, hey, let's try this. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's a combination. It is a combination of blind blind and also having like a certain amount of pre-research done because usually what you're doing on the first day is you're trying to explain a little bit of the challenge. 
and uh, I have gotten burned on this a couple times where I've been where I learned the general rules video where I was trying to explain like uh, pawn uh, pawn pawn exchanges and equivalent value and in doing the analogy I actually set myself up for like a, like a four move checkmate and it it was it wasn't good but that was day one that was day one of me not right. knowing stuff not really understanding how uh, how easily opening game strategies go so I chose an analogy that was bad. And you try to avoid that, but you also at the same time want to have room to learn and grow as the process is going and be like, oh, I never thought about this, which just tends to happen naturally, even when you do prepare, I think. Yeah, I think we have a natural instinct to hop into things and just kind of willpower it the best way, like hop into a fitness challenge and just work really hard and you'll, you'll get big and strong and all these things. But I think with our videos, I think we're trying to lean more into a balance of our personal experience with the challenge, which is that element of, yeah, we can just hop into it and go for it. But also I think we're trying to provide good information to an extent and research and all these things that we th think are gonna bring value to our audience and to the video. And so focusing in on that element, you really do have to do a bit of research and you have to plan and um, do some reading and all these things to make sure it's, it's balancing the two things that we wanna do with our channel. Um, but yeah, I think, I think in the past we've done more of just hopping in and not necessarily <laughs> looking at stuff as much as we probably should have, but it's something that we're, we're trying to do more prep towards just so we're getting like the best product in our videos and striking that balance that we want to be striking. Yeah. I and mean, again, I think it's just like really cool, the entire um, concept, everything you're doing. And I think um, at least me being a fan and I know other people who have been fans, just even if you don't, even if someone's not watching the channel, you guys have kind of taken on this role as almost like a guiding instructor or something to any of these challenges like how does that how do you guys feel about that that role that you guys essentially have these people who are watching you and looking at you and possibly copying what you're doing um that's a good question, <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, mostly what i hope hope for with these videos is uh if there was if there was just a channel thesis, it was you'd love for people who watch a few of our videos to take away the idea that's that we have freedom to try things and we are, we're able to improve usually faster than we think we will when we stick with stuff. Uh, mostly with each video, the hope is that if someone who genuinely comes to it that's interested in the topic that wants to try it for themselves, that we at least point out some like obstacle points that we go through in the process. Uh, so that so that anyone else who's watching is kind of prepared and doesn't make the same mistakes we do because inevitably we screw up all the time during these challenges. We do stuff that would would have been much smarter if we did it X instead of Y, uh, and hopefully by the end of the video we're aware of that and can be like, yeah, if I could do it again, I'd do this instead of that. Yeah, and I think I think one of the biggest parts that we think is valuable to our channel is the fact that we're very average people. We're very normal guys that. We're not some highfalutin guru that has a lot of knowledge or past experience. We're just average people. So I think in and of itself, people seeing someone where it's like, oh, that guy is very normal like I am. Let's, and if he's doing it, maybe we can do it too. And so I think the inspiration that stems um, from that sort of scenario is something that we think is really valuable to, to what we're doing on Goal Guys. It's just making stuff seem attainable and making people think that, oh, I could do this too. And, oh, I could, I could implement this because this average Joe is doing it. So why can't I? Yeah. I think that's really cool. Cause I know Brendan, like you were just in uh, men's health, men's fitness, right? Did you see that article? 
they come out and they don't notify us. So usually yeah. you get an alert from someone else. They're like, hey, I just saw you on this uh, on the website for men's yeah. I think it was men's health, yeah. Yeah, which is which is really cool because and I think for me, like you're definitely one of my fitness um I don't want to say idols, but someone who I definitely look up to because you know, we're both regular guys and you do these incredible body transformations, which I want to get to in a second, but it's really cool to just see that, that like this, you know, this regular guy can be in, you know, the leading men's uh, fitness magazine out there. Had like, how'd that make you feel when you saw that? Uh, it's, 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 it's cool when it happens. It's fun. And you hope more people will find the, the videos in the channel. Uh, I'm at the stage now where I'm like, I really got to stop doing body transformational videos. I need to just stay in shape. The thing is, I'm usually pretty good about in shape and being my my exercise. I I, I eat sweet things a lot. That's my okay. that's my problem. And yeah, it uh, every about three to three to six months. Yeah, I was gonna say like you're doing these amazing body transformation challenges. I'm wondering like why is there always the like how are you doing that? Are you you know you're 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 shredded and then you're regular and then shredded? How's that like? How's that taking a toll on you? Uh, well, when I'm when I'm losing weight and building muscle. Uh, I usually am pretty good at sustaining the muscle, but I, I eat really well. And throughout that process, I get cravings and I just like, oh man, as soon as this challenge is done, like there's going to be a feast. And if I, if I was able to get through challenges and just do one feast, I'd be good. I'd have like one cheat day and then go back to it. Uh, the biggest challenge I have is just sustaining it. Uh, mm -hmm. and moving across the country in the midst of a pandemic has not been good for these habits. I can, I can guarantee you that. So yeah. Not emerging from this with like, oh, time to do the post, uh, post quarantine, <laughs> another six packs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you guys are in, uh, both you're both in Toronto, uh, Vancouver now, right? Yeah, yeah. and your guy, where are you guys originally from? We grew up, we grew up in New Brunswick, which is on the east coast of Canada in a really small farm town there. Um, but mo more recently, I've been living in Vancouver for the last three years, and Brennan's been in Toronto for. A little bit like longer than that, yeah. 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 Um, and so I guess I would love to know if you guys like how has your interaction with your fans go? Are you stopped on the street kind of things or anything like that? Uh we get recognized from time to time. It's uh it's always nice. People are always really friendly when it happens. It's uh, we haven't had any bad interactions. Uh we're probably we're probably a small enough channel that if you if you're able to recognize us, it's probably because you like what we do, and I don't think we really have a lot of hate watchers. Okay. Uh, if they they haven't stopped us on the street, so that's yeah, it's always very flattering. It's rare, but when when people are like, "Hey, you're that guy from that YouTube channel," it's like, "Oh, whoa." Yeah. yeah but. Still and like, what would you say your relationship with your fans is, um, like, on, at least on the internet wise? That's a good question. I think it's something we're trying to figure out more and more as we go. I think it's interesting because I don't think either of us are super social media heavy people. Mm -hmm. um, not like we're on Instagram posting all the time or super, super glued to our phones or whatever. Um, so it, it's something we're trying to figure out how to do better. Mm -hmm. um, because the, like my favorite part about putting out YouTube videos is that instant connection you get when you drop a video you get a hundred people that are just like commenting their input and giving you feedback and sharing their experience and all these things and so that back and forth engagement is one of the best parts about doing this um and kind of seeing that instant impact you're making um but yeah it, it's tricky to figure out how to 
best interacts with our audience? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot that we're still trying to figure out in term, terms of like how to build a, a stronger relationship with the audience. Because I think a large part of our, our views and our success comes off of take, creating like things that are clickable. Mm -hmm. uh, so we may, we probably have like a smaller contingent of like loyal, of like people who come back for every video. I'd, I'd say it's probably between like 20 and 37,000 and everything we get after that is people who have an interest in that topic, who have an interest in that thumbnail uh, because the, the range of videos is so broad. Mm -hmm. So some of it's just figuring out like, well, how do we, how do we connect? How do we connect better with those people who come back for every video? Uh, uh, and maybe like, maybe create a better relationship where, where we can have more people who, who fall into that category. I think that's probably something we're trying to improve at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Connecting with them. We had this idea of potentially working uh, alongside people on challenges and maybe giving people like a heads up as to what we're working on. And if they wanted to work on it with us, having that sort of like, back and forth interaction where people okay. can kind of come alongside us like we want to do stuff like that but it, i think it's just figuring out right now we're just solely balancing like content 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 <laughs> it's possible and not fall into some sort of anxious state of balancing three challenges at once um so yeah, i mean you guys are definitely I'm... you're definitely killing it uh when it comes to like content you guys are putting out i think it's so like cutting edge and I, we spoke about it a little before but like yeah like what is how do you find that challenge is it really just you two sitting in a room or are you pulling inspiration from anywhere uh well, well thank you that's that's really nice to hear um we generally there's like there's ideas that i i would say kind of like stick around in your head for a little while and you're kind of like oh it'd be nice to do something that's related to this thing i'm not sure what that would be and then you try and like read a few articles read a few books and see if you can get uh, something interesting. Uh, the the alternate day fasting I did that was uh, that recently did pretty well for us. That was originally going to be I was kind of interested in day fasting, uh, and maybe it was going to be like a, a shorter time frame. Uh, and then then I started doing research and I I'd never heard of alternate day fasting before, and I was like, okay, well, how that seems pretty intense. How safe is it? And looked at a few studies. And I'm like, oh, this is actually I would have never expected that people that. Uh, test subjects would respond to this when I was always like, no, it's really important to keep your meals consistent and do that. Why are people getting really good results by just completely skipping a day and then being allowed to eat whatever they want on day two? So that kind of was like the the seed of the idea to be like, oh, I really want to try this thing instead of uh, instead of the other ideas I was kind of floating around. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from reading books, articles, seeing seeing what people want to see in the comment section. We get so many recommendations to try new things, whether it's in our Instagram DMs or in the YouTube comments. So it's taking all those into account as well. And then, yeah, just general curiosity about things, whether it popped up in a book that you're reading or a podcast you listen to or something on Instagram. I think just leaning into that sense of curiosity about things it kind of naturally fosters video ideas. Okay. That's awesome. So you guys are like, you really are interacting with your fans in the comments and DMS on Instagram. Like we read so many comments. Yeah. We love comments. <laughs> yeah. So is that, I was going to say, is, has it been mostly good, mostly bad, neutral? Like how does that, how do you guys feel about what's going on in the comments section, which is, I guess the big bad comment section usually <laughs> not for you guys, yes. but in general. Yeah. It's a paradox. The, uh, the the smaller the audience for a video, if we do a video that doesn't reach as many people, it means we're basically staying within the Goal Guys community, then the comments are really lovely, and we get a lot of great feedback. And if 
videos do particularly well. It reaches a wider net of people. And then the comments become a lot more hit and miss usually uh, because it's just reaching other people that are like, who are, the, who are these people? We don't like them and we're going to let them know. Uh, but generally you do, want it, you do want your videos to reach a lot of people but, and still stay relatively positive in the comments. But mostly it's just, I think we try and find people who are, who are coming back and commenting on a lot and giving us their feedback and be like, yes, we, we will interact with you guys and really try and, uh, try and foster a, a good relationship. And because if, if they're not satisfied with the stuff we're making, then, we're, then there's really no reason why we're doing it. And yeah, I think a lot of our comment sections tend to lean more positive. I think people are generally pretty pleased to see someone just trying something. And I think there is the baseline of our videos that, yeah, we're not experts and we're trying to learn as we go and figure this out. And so I think there is an element of grace that comes with that, that tone to the video. Um, that being said, I do think there are, with the subject matter that we cover, there's a lot of people that want to chime in with their thoughts on certain things, whether positive or negative. Um, but I think that discussion inherently is good. I think having that back and forth in the comment section, you always see people agreeing, disagreeing, debating, having those sort of interactions, which I think is, I think is good. And I think that's what you kind of want to have. Obviously, you want it to be civil and polite and all these things, which YouTube isn't always known for. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, I think that the back and forth is good. Yeah, I think it's really healthy. And it's great to hear that like you guys are actually taking into account what people are saying because, and I think that is um, kind of the power of YouTube. And I'd love to kind of hear you guys' thoughts on this. It's just like, you know, growing up, you can watch a show on TV. When we were growing up, you know, you don't really have any engagement. You could read like a tabloid magazine. But today, you know, celebrities are just so accessible. And, you know, even people like you guys who are just doing amazing things on YouTube, you can just go in there and boom, and I could talk to my favorite YouTuber or maybe not get a response, but see – uh, post something and he sees it, or I hope he sees it. Like that is, I mean, YouTube is something incredible and you guys are making a living off of that. So like, yeah, I would love to hear kind of, uh, if you guys want to share, like kind of how it, have you monetized and like how that's, how you're kind of taking that angle through YouTube. Hmm. Uh, monetizing, uh, it's tricky. It's tricky because I, I do think we are, both creative individuals. I think we both went to uh, like arts programs in university. So I think that is reflected in our content where I think we're always trying to make the best videos possible, um, share our stories in the best possible way, whether it's quality, whatever. And so a lot of our, uh, a lot of our principles in monetizing is just simply to make the best content and trusting that quality will kind of rise above the surface and just trying to do the best that we can. Um, and I think, I think it's something we're really working on right now is trying to make this an easier living for us by venturing into things like, uh, like things like merchandise and Patreon and all these different, different ways to kind of like build our safety net a little bit more and make this a little bit more secure for us. Um, but yeah, it, it's tricky because I think it, it's new territory for the both of us having, having a business in, in this field. And so it's it's interesting learning as you go and trying to trying to make it work. But I think at the core of what we do, it's just we enjoy making videos. We enjoy the creative aspect of it. We enjoy challenging ourselves and trying to do that and show that in the best way is at the core of the base of what we're really trying to do with monetization. 
Yeah, I think that's also cool. So you guys are really putting the content first, which again is super like refreshing to hear. You know, I feel like a lot of people not necessarily are doing that. They're going to say, I'm going to make as much money as I can in this short time frame. And you guys are looking at it like, no, I care about the fans. That's awesome. Well, the content for us is also just, it's just hard to make by virtue of like the distance uh, that we've, because we work collaboratively with each other uh, from, op, or have been for the, from opposite sides of the country for a long time. So the biggest goal with this move was to be like, well, maybe we can make that process a lot easier and then have more energy to spend in like, you know, engaging with people who like the content, uh, creating additional things that people who are watching our videos may be like extra things that they, that can be of value to people who are watching the channel. Mm. Uh, and it was really going to be like, okay, well, how can we collaboratively uh, grow and shape the channel now that I'm in BC as well? And then most, uh, like pretty much the entire world shut down. Uh, yeah. so, so we're kind of, that is that is the thing we're trying to figure out and but now we're also juggling well wh how how safe is it to work together once i get situated in my new place and mm -hmm. how, how do how does how does the channel become collaborative now that we are we are all social distancing yeah did you have you guys seen like a huge spike uh in views and stuff like that during uh, the lockdown or no, no 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 it is it is we are we are not the content people want right now no one should be thinking about how to be productive or put their life together everyone is in Survive well, yeah, I would, I would, um, I would disagree because I am working from home and I'm trying to stay as productive as possible, and it's it's a challenge, um, definitely. Do you have any tips on how to do that? Uh, the thing I've been working on, and we were talking about, like, if we do any videos that trying to relate to this or things like that. But the thing that I've been trying to do ever since I stopped doing film work full time was just what does what how how disciplined can you stick with a routine? when you're the only one who's like supervising whether you do it or don't do it. Um, and I've been slowly figuring out how to build the habits to just kind of like be like, yes, I'm going to start my day at this time every day and do this, do X, Y, and Z before 10 and then fill in the, fill in the gaps after that. But I've been finding routine is really as key as pot is really key when you, when you don't have it being imposed on you through a traditional work structure. Mm. Routine and creating a normalcy as well i think when you are isolated in your house in quarantine or whatever it may be your situation is i think having those elements of like you said getting up at a certain time doing certain things like that you would normally do in your regular work week when you're not confined to your house i think keeping that sense of normalcy not only is good for your mental health but also good for productivity and keeping keeping you motivated and keeping you on track because i think it's really easy in this sort of scenario to kind of fall into this transient very unmotivated state which i think is completely natural and okay i just think it's it's recognizing that okay i need to be a little bit disciplined in creating some sort of schedule and some sort of routine that's gonna keep me on track with the goals that i want to be achieving over this time mm. and is uh is like corona is that throwing you guys off your schedule or you're going to be able to continue to kind of put out content uh, the plan is to continue putting out content. Uh, I've had one challenge that really would have revolved uh, being outside and like working with other people a lot. It was a reflexes challenge that I've just gotten started on. And then we pretty much entered the lockdown phase. Mm -hmm. So probably going to put that one on pause for a second. Um, and just we're just trying to see, we're trying to figure out what other things can be done 
that are based around home workouts and stuff like that. So I'm working on trying to learn one arm pushups right now because I can do all that training with just like, you know, body weight and a floor. Yeah. I was in the middle of a, a bulking video where I was in the gym every single day, basically. And so now my gym is closed. So it's, it's remapping what this video it is, how to, how do we go from here? So there's been a little bit of juggling and adjusting and tweaking due to the circumstances. There's also the element of trying to provide value for this time where a lot of people are in a similar experience at home, maybe feeling unmotivated in a new set of circumstances that is very communal where you don't, you don't have that a lot. Yeah. Um, and so it, catering to that and trying to provide value in a time that's very unique and very, very shared for a lot of people. Mm. Uh, so that's actually interesting. So you guys had to like shelve some of the challenges, but so have some of challenges, like how, how much stuff kind of winds up on the cutting room floor, whether it be ideas or just challenges that didn't work out? I don't think there's been a challenge that hasn't worked out. There's ones that we have just continually put off doing, but even even when we do stuff, <laughs> yeah, even when we fail, we'll try and uh, we'll try and still be like, well, we went through the process. We'll share the failure, mm -hmm. and those videos usually don't do very well because you want that like you people want to see you succeed in the end. So whenever you like do something for thirty days, and it's like, oh, sorry, I nope zero nothing. Uh, you just kind of have to get mm -hmm. the and be like, this is, this is part of the process. Yeah. And it's, it's important to show the, 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 the wins and the losses evenly, you know? And so, but yeah, very, very few things get cut on the whole. Typically we try to like, even if it doesn't go right or we don't achieve it, we usually show that because I think that's equally as important. Um, but as far as, as far as content in the video goes, it, it's, it depends on the project. Some projects mm -hmm. you film a ton for, and then you have to cut it down and try to find the most efficient way of sharing your experience. And then other things you have enough, or you have to like maybe buff out with like an information segment or something that you are learning. So it varies video to video. And are you guys, so I've noticed the thing is great in the videos. Are you guys doing that yourself? You have a production crew or someone else is filming a lot of the times? Sorry, what was the first part of that question? So for, for filming, I said you're filming, like your quality is great and the angles and everything you're doing in the actual videos. So I'm wondering how, you know, you guys are doing that if you're not together. Right. Uh, most of most of the stuff that we film, uh, at least on for my end, Cam has a few more resources in BC than I have. But usually if you're seeing me shooting at home, those are all situations I've set up and shot. And I generally just try and, I'll try and hire or bring in a camera person to shoot any segment when I'm working with an expert or when I'm going to a location because that's a limited time period where it's like, okay, we gotta have, we gotta have someone who's just on camera for this. Uh, Cam, your process is a little different. Mm -hmm. You just, you have a few more resources than I do. Yeah, I, since working, when I moved here, I was working as a freelance videographer. And so I'm, a lot of my friends work in the same field as me and are very savvy with cameras and good at all those things. And so a lot of my friends are just good at shooting. So they, they come on and help me shoot if I need an extra hand or uh, Derek, a guy who helps us make our videos and sort of manages us in a lot of ways he'll come in and help me shoot. He works in film as well. So there's, we got, we got a lot of resources or I, I have a lot of resources here at least that are always helping and doing things. But a lot of it is just setting your camera on a tripod, setting it to autofocus and running around in frame and doing what you have to do. So. Yeah. 
I think it's cool because, I, again, like I watch, I know a lot of people watch YouTube and we don't, as a viewer, you don't really understand what goes in to a video, you know, because I've definitely tried to do some stuff came out horrible. You guys are doing stuff and it looks so freaking simple. Uh, so it's like, and then you try it yourself and it's terrible. But um, before I let you guys go, like, you know, if you, to, I guess, kind of, you see the channel growing in like a year from now you know what what is your hope for the channel or what where do you see it morphing into that is a great question that we are asking ourselves <laughs> a lot right now <laughs> <laughs> i think that's awesome though that like you guys are asking was it also yeah i think uh, i think one thing we to figure out right now is just what our balance is between uh fitness content and lifestyle content how do we add, how do we make videos that add value that necessarily don't revolve around a 30 day time frame where we can maybe uh, book an expert to talk to and build a video out of that um, and really trying to figure out what people who watch our channel will connect with uh, in the realm of those videos. We did, I was able to get one interview uh, at the end of last year with a, uh, with a productivity and mindfulness writer named Chris Bailey and that video did, people seemed to like that and, and, and respond to the content. So we're trying to figure out how we can do more of that and still continue doing uh, the typical goal guy stuff that we do and hopefully hopefully make that better now that we're in the same place. Yeah, it's, it's going to be nice because over the next bit, we're able to live in the same place now and be in videos together, which I think will help the cohesion. I think for the longest time, people are like, what is the relationship between you guys? Are you siblings? Are you partners? Like, what are you? What is going on here? So I think having us both in the same place, I can help him film, he can help me film, we can be in videos together, we'll help people understand what Goal Guys is. So that's going to be nice going forward. Um, I think it's, yeah, like like you said, I think it's finding other ways that may take a little bit of the, the pressure off of having a bunch of 30, 60 day challenges on the go that still are going to bring value to our audience, um, that are still going to scratch that curiosity itch for the both of us. Um, and then learning how to do that in a better way to like make us grow and hopefully uh, financially like improve our situation and make it easier on the both of us. So just kind of building it out and making it better for both us and for the audience as well. So figuring out what that looks like is TBD. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. And I am really looking forward to kind of seeing everything. I mean, again, love your content. Looking forward to kind of seeing where the channel grows because I know it will. Um, and stay safe. And again, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you so much, man. This has been Okay. Take care, guys. Cheers, man. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Bye-bye. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast. Hey, thank you so much again for listening to this episode of the Thought Leader Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Feel free to ask any questions, leave any comments, and I'll be getting back to all of you. And tune in for our next episode. This is the Thought Leaders Podcast.